day. Hello. Thank you for having us inside your iPod and ears. Or your car or your... Uh, or Samsung. Who knows? Could be inside a car. Could be even playing off uh, an old Mac, big one of those big Mac computers. Oh, the ones with the real puffy screens. Yeah, and the big back behind them, big ass on them. Yeah, big orange mm. or see-through orange or mm, see-through mm. pink. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you like, like a big booty on your Mac. I do. <laughs> What's been going on, man? We, uh, my name's Tim. My name's Cam. And uh, this is your first time listening. We are Charging Stallion Presents. News we like. This is the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's the intro we do every time. We say the word podcast in unison just to make sure you know what you're listening to. This is not a song. If you've, if you've tried to type in Charging Stallion expecting just a song, then you are going to be really let down. Either way, if you found the song or this, you're probably going to go, ah. Oh, I don't. I don't really feel stoked that my friend recommended this. But stick around. Yeah, might not be what you what you came for. Yeah, but, but you, you might, might be like pleasantly surprised. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't guarantee it. Keep your expectations low, and you'll be fine. All we do here is me and Timmy hang out, and uh, we just tell each other news stories that have caught our eye and that we enjoy. So buckle in and eavesdrop. Now nah, this is for you, actually. How's your week been, bro? It's been it's been an interesting one. It's been a, um it's been slightly stressful. Yeah, in a right. Way. Yeah, uh, I I um I was at my seamstress's house. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence, eh? Something weird about it. <laughs> so I recently got a new seamstress. You might too. Like, are you out? You've had how many seamstresses have you had? I'd say four in Melbourne. Um, You're a fashionable man, are you? <laughs> well, la di da, Cam is four seamstresses. Wow. Only, only one at a time. But um, she, this one lives way out in the suburbs, and I was at her house. She has. I just remember this now. She's like 50 years old, but when you walk into a house, you know how um, people have quotes and fancy fonts yeah. in a framed in a frame. Yeah. yeah. Her one says white trash sex fiend. <laughs> uh, uh, and What's this lady's name? I don't want to say it. Oh, true. Yeah. But, but is it is it the kind of is it is it a white trashy kind of name? It's fairly plain. Like you and I okay. would both know somebody with this name. Oh, true. Yeah. Right. Um, but it was my second visit. I've recently just kind of made this connection. I don't know what you call it. I'm not. I don't know what you. Call, I don't know what you call the relationship. Definitely not a connection. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> not that. Yeah. True. Uh, well, it was the second time I've been at my seamstress's house. So the first time was her kind of pinning the pants and this is me going along to try them all on and um, and decide if I'm happy. Okay. So she's got kids, never seen them. She's got a husband, never seen him uh, because I, both visits, she's told me to come around the middle of the day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I am at my seamstress's house. She's picked me up from the train station because she's got a car. She picks yeah. me up, drives me to her house. We chat. I knew that she'd gone on a trip to Canberra. So we chat in the car about how her trip there was. She said Canberra was um, was boring. That was her entire review of Canberra. And then we get to her house and she says, okay, here's the 11 pairs of pants that you wanted me to um, sew in to make slimmer. How about you try them on in my room? 
And I was like, okay, cool. Not thinking about it at all. She hands me this Salvo's bag full of pants. I go into her room, shut the door behind me, pull my pants off (laughs) and then start to go through the bag to decide which of these pants I'm going to try on. As I hear a knock at the front door, it suddenly dawns on me that I'm in her (laughs) and her husband's room in my undies with my pants on the floor and I start panicking. I don't know what is going to happen next. So I pull the pants on. I, I end up trying all 11 on to make sure they're sweet. <laughs> so you weren't too much of a rush. I was, I was excitedly nervous. <laughs> or it was more like, what's he, which ones is he going to see me wearing? <laughs> the khakis, the blue. Uh, so. A pair of pants can really make a situation like that, you know. Yeah. You've got to be wearing the right pants when you go <laughs> exactly. into a situation like that. It's like a fashionable person's version of roulette, Russian roulette. Like if he had seen me wearing the wrong pants, it was, it was all over. Um, so anyway, I try them all on. She's done a fantastic job. I walk out into the lounge and see that she's got a visitor there on a laptop, just another lady around the same age. And I was like kind of relieved. I was like, okay, sweet. It's just some family friend. I was like, hi, I'm Cam. And she was like, hello. Says the seamstress's name. She's like, I'm friends with her. She told me that when you last came over, you mentioned that you work in social media. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. She was like, good. I run a spiritual jewelry uh, brand based in Byron Bay. I'm here for three days and I'd like to discuss with you how I don't think social media works. So these two ladies have obviously had a catch up. A few days convincing you that what you do for a living doesn't work. Yeah, just a weird. That's a weird thing to go on what to do, eh? Hey? I was thrown so thrown off. I was like, oh, okay. okay. She's like, yes. Um, I'll be. I hear that you live in Turak, and I'm staying in St Kilda for the next two days. So I'd like to have a meeting with you uh, on Monday. Monday's best for me. And I was so surprised by. It. I was just kind of like, uh, yep. Yep, lock it in. So did you go on a date? Kind of. <laughs> with this spiritual jeweler. <laughs> so I go to the pub with this woman who runs spiritual a spiritual jewellery company. It's called, for the sake of the story, can we call it a date? Can we okay. call it? So on your date. On my date with the spiritual jeweller. <laughs> I sit down. I don't know why I expected it to go any different to this, but I sit down and she goes, I've met a lot of people like you and you guys have got a lot of hot air coming out of you and no proof to back up what you say. And then she did this thing, which I've realized that I've, I've noticed a lot of kind of sassy people do. Mm. It's kind of like an Indian head wobble, yeah. Yeah. but with glaring eyes yeah. and not saying anything. It's kind we're, of- Were her hands on her, on her hips as well? Was she pulling a full, like a full teapot? We were sitting opposite each other, so she had one hand on her beer. Yeah. Um, That's a dominance move. And then one, it was a single teapot. Yeah, dude. It's not the first time she's teapotted before, I tell you that. Yeah, she was an expert teapotter. (laughs) Um, And it it was just silent. She was doing the face and the head wobble at me, and I just kind of, I was was uncomfortable. I was like, yep, that's fine. Like, if you want to continue to run your social media, that's okay. And she was like, I don't know uh, why you have all these ideas and then they never work out. And I was kind of in my head, I was like, I, she's acting like I came after her, like rang her and said, I want to do business with you. Uh, anyway, the, the, you're the acting like you were the one that invented the social media. Yeah. Movement. Also that 
she, she completely was like, she took out any frustration she had had with any social media platform yeah. on me in that moment. Like, I hate that I have to boost posts and it's your fault because you turned up at the pub. Um, but yeah, that was that's kind of the, the pinnacle of my week. A seamstress and a spiritual jeweler chewing me out about my job. Yeah. How was your week? It's been good, man. I went out for um, for dinner last night. Mm. Where'd you go? Went to Gaylords. Yeah, classic. Lo- yeah, man. If if anyone's in 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 Melbourne or or visits Melbourne, in Chinatown is an Indian restaurant called Gaylords, and it is awesome. Yeah, all of our mates go all the time. It's rad. So we're there, had dinner, and then on our way, like walking to get public transport on, there mm. was this old dude about. Oh, I'd say like 60, 65, and he's wearing a Wayne's World hat as nice. we're walking past the street. And I'm like, Wayne's World! And he turns around and he's like, party on, Garth! <laughs> and I'm just like, that's a fucking it's a cool moment. Yeah, man. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you're so embarrassing. And I was just like, but in a funny way. Oh, like yeah. she's just like, and I'm just like, I just made that dude's night. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. If you go out, if you're like 60 or older and you wear some kind of like cult movement, mm. you know, uh, merchandise. You want it. You want someone to give you a shout out. Exactly. Sure. It's his conversation starter. Hundred percent. You gave him exactly what he wanted yeah. and needed. He actually got kind of stopped in the street, like as I kept on walking. Like that. he turned around and then stopped, and then did that, and then I kept on walking. But if I reckon I stopped, he would have probably would have gone out and party. He would have been here tonight. I reckon when I arrived. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, no, it's been it's it's been uh, above that. It's been a good week. I uh, applied to university. This week, so hopefully uh, oh, nice. everything goes gonna gonna be a doctor cam. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for you for you to explain it to me as well because I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but when you told me when we weren't recording what you were actually going to study, for some yeah. reason I pictured the way wrong thing. Oh yeah, so I'm going to study screenwriting. You thought I meant what did you think I meant? Like, screen printing. Oh, screen printing. Yeah, yeah. not not writing scripts. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when Timmy hit me up, he was like, "Hey man, exciting news! I'm going to university to study." And then in my brain, I heard him say to study screen printing. And he and then he carried carried on talking, and he was like. Yeah, you know, follow my passions, do what I've been doing, like with Stallion. And, and in my mind, I was like, I don't know if we've done much screen printing, but yep. <laughs> yeah, dude, I have to commend you. You were supportive in like me going in to do something that I have no clue about either. Like you were a supportive mate. That's good. Yeah. That's good to hear because I was still happy for you. I could tell that you were about to do something you were into. So I was like, yeah, cool. You just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Just didn't connect the dots. But, yeah, screenwriting makes a lot more sense all right all right let's um let's discuss the news timmy what, what's caught your eye this week okay so this is how i'm, I'm so i'm going to start us off by doing something a little bit a little bit different mm. a little bit weird cool okay so um what i'm going to do is i'm going to play a video mm. and there's subtitles on this video, it's uh, it is from uh, Vietnam. Okay, and um, there's subtitles on it. We're gonna pick a character. Yeah, okay. And we're gonna act out those those uh, those subtitles. Now, do you want to hear the headline first, or find out the headline through us playing the? Find out through us playing okay, the game. Cool. Yeah. All right. So this when this first girl that comes on cam, you're gonna be playing the part of of this girl. Okay, so yep. I'm the girl with the ponytail. Yes. Yep. And I'm going to be playing the part of the other girl that you'll that you'll soon find out about. Okay, cool. So I just yep. 
I've got a rose in my ear as well. Ponytail. That's from the person behind. Ah, oh, okay. I went into this competition to find love, but I've found that love for myself. But it isn't. You. It's somebody else. My character's walking away. Walking over to my character. Oh, hello. I'm pushing my head into your bosom. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm patting your head on the top of your head. It's okay. You're standing on a platform, so I'm mm. perfect height for your bosom. C- come home with me. Come home with me. Yeah? Why aren't you answering to me? Okay, now your character. Uh, A third character. Okay, you you played this dude as well. Okay, yeah. There's a guy who's walked in. I'm sorry. I really want to get to know you because you're someone who made me feel special. I haven't felt that way in a long time. I want to ask if you decide would you feel regretful? (laughs) This doesn't change my decision. I'm not going to give you this rose. I'm not going to give the rose to anyone else. But I... You only get one chance in this life and you need to take it. Only you, not anyone else. I want to let you know that I think you'll have a regret if you continue with what you're about to say. Truck knee. You have a connection with Trong and I respect that. You should give yourself a chance. Don't pass it up. This must be so confusing to listen to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. So my character's coming up now. She's thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm about to hand the rose back. I'm sorry. I'm giving you back your rose. Can I give you a tight hug? <laughs> <laughs> and then my guy who sounds like this gives her a hug. So... That must have been so <laughs> bewildering to listen to. Yeah, bro. I feel that went really well. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that must have been the most confusing piece we've ever okay, done. Okay, so what, what you were just listening to was um, one of the contestants <laughs> on the Vietnamese. Hey, we, we tried something new. We yeah. tried something like that before. We tried no, I'm it. glad we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so on Vietnamese, on the Vietnamese uh, Bachelor, mm. one of the girls who um, had uh, was about to receive a rose, said, no, I've fallen for someone else who had already gotten a rose. Mm. So the two contestants had fallen in love with each other, the two girls. But then I've heard now that the show's, like, convinced her not to go home with the girl, but the guy, like, convinced her to stay. Like, he's got, like, seven chicks. You can't, like, just let one person, like, have, have one, one another person and be happy. It's greedy. Yeah. <laughs> and also... That, this might be a question you don't follow as a as a listener, but were there two bachelors? Like, I feel like I did the voices. The other dude was the host. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So he's like the, what's the Australian one called? Uh, uh, Osher. Osher, yeah. yeah. He's like the Osher for this. Yeah. And he was, man, the Osher on this version gets even more involved in the scene. He yeah. was like standing. Too far, too far involved. It's yeah. not you, dude. It's not your, it's not your life yeah, going man. in there. <laughs> yeah. Two hands wow. that, dude. Yeah. For sure. 
But yeah, Vietnamese Bachelor, Chum on board, looks like a great show. <laughs> Maybe we should voice the episodes and put them out on our Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> what, do, what do we see? If um, if we still have any listeners at the end of this podcast, then we'll do that. <laughs> if, yeah. if not, we should probably, probably count our losses <laughs> on that. Drunk Japanese national rugby team member gets run over by a car, walks away unscathed. Awesome. According to reports, <laughs> Takuma Ashihara, a 31-year-old who's played for Japan's national rugby team and currently plays for the Toshiba Blue Lupus rugby team in Japan's top league, was drunk and lying on a road in front of a parked car in the Tokyo suburb of Fuchu at about 2.20 a.m. on Sunday morning when a man in his 40s got in his car, pulled out and ran him over. Asahara ended up pinned underneath the vehicle, but thankfully for him, a few of his teammates that he'd been partying with were nearby and were sober enough to help him out. Those teammates, uh, among them, was the 29-year-old Japan national rugby team captain, Michael Leach. They all went over to their trapped friend, lifted the vehicle off him. According to statements by Toshiba Brave Lupus, Asahara only suffered light injuries. Uh, and the bit that I love the most out of this is this quote here. The man who ran Asahara over was quoted as saying, I felt something weird when I moved the car. And when I looked, I saw I'd run over a person. <laughs> Dude, it's handy to have a bunch of rugby players around, eh? And to be a rugby yeah. player. <laughs> it's super handy just to... I wish I had a pack of rugby players that just like lift just stuff a, off you. Yeah, but like I still have my normal mates, but then like I I kind of like hang out with them like once a week, but then they're always on call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in case you get yourself into a little bit of a. Pickle. Oh, I love rugby boys, but a full team of rugby boys following me around like that'd be a pretty hectic life. It'd be quite rowdy. Yeah, near my downtime, you know. Yeah, man, you don't want a full team. How often? How many days a week do you let the full team come over? Um, like we do once a week, once okay. a week uh, barbecue. Weekends or start of the uh, week? Usually like Friday afternoon, everyone like knocks off training early. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's good to the coach. And just same sort of thing every week, just a quick catch up around the barbie. Um, like each time one of the players comes and he's like designed the playlist for the party. Oh, and nice. And so we, we, we rotate that and, yeah. and like, you know, like the players that have some kids, sometimes they bring them around and yeah, it's quite good, man. Full team every time. Uh, usually, man, you know, some people have uh, have to go away to different things. And you're things. cool with it if yeah. anyone calls in sick for that? Oh, that's fine, bro. Yeah, man. Oh, that's good of you. <laughs> Allegedly drunk passenger offloaded from Indian plane after trying to enter cockpit to charge his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you need that charge. Bro, well, here's the thing, right? So I was talking to my housemate. Stelly and Kate about this before and she was just like they fully have like charges of like almost all the seats of of especially international planes now. He's probably had a charger in his back of his seat. Oh yeah, true. He wants that optimum charge, you know, <laughs> he wants that royal treatment. Oh baby. If yeah. I was just like, if you're gonna get something done, you might as well get something done the best. Get it from the source. Yeah, bro. That's where the source of that power's come from that totally. plane. You wanna go, you wanna go to the cockpit. Where yeah. you get where you charge your phone in the back of that seat. Charge them on the cockpit. Bro. Right next to the button that ejects things and lets the <laughs> wheels go down. <laughs> right next to that terrorist button that when you push it, everyone gets strapped into their seats with a chain. 
You know, you know that one. Yeah. yeah, I reckon he's glanced into that cockpit and just seen how beautifully well lit the charges in there are, and he's gone. I've flown economy for too long. All I've got on my seat is this plasticky remote, a headphone jack that is a double jack for some reason mm. that only uses like lets headphones that you get handed by the staff. Yeah, I don't like this. I, I want. I want to upgrade. Man's and, got a dream, bro. Yeah, man. And what's the one thing that you can upgrade to above first class? The cockpit. That's it, man. That's number one. That's Umaro Numero. Yep. Or is that Numero Uno? <laughs> <laughs> I like Umaro Uno. <laughs> It's both. That's what it is. It's everything. But yeah, man. So they gave him the boot. So he, um, yeah, they, there's, there's pretty much all, all, all the, all the article um, said through it was they sort of interviewed him and the, um, and uh, the company pretty much said the exact same thing as all the passengers. It was just a real drunk dude demanding, demanding. I've seen trying. something and I want it. <laughs> You know what, man? I'm happy that there's people like that in the world. You know what I mean? Because it's important to have some people like that out there because it reminds everyone how fucking ridiculous it is. You need mm. someone, you need a little reminder. So yep. all the other people go, oh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, just, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the cockpit charger. Yeah, you know? exactly, man. you got to learn from other people's mistakes. And it's guys yeah. like him that it make it, that make it possible for us to learn from his mistakes. We like, kind of live through him in a way. For sure, because I get the desire. Everyone oh, gets yeah. the desire. The cockpit door is so small. When you look in there, I like I, deep down I don't really feel like flying a plane, but because it feels so mysterious and the mm. door's so small, I understand the urge to run in there. Exactly. And that guy doesn't just have that as an urge. Mm. The urge just barreled into action yeah. be- because he couldn't help himself. But that's what happens. Well, maybe that moment would have been there somewhere in his life, but it wasn't. It wasn't then, and it's sure as hell not going to happen now. He fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I guess everyone's got a dream, man, but you got to wait until you push the button on that dream for the right, the right time in your life. Get your pilot's license. It's probably step four. Just like maybe hang out drinking at some pilot bars, and then you end up becoming mates with some pilots. Like you don't have to go actually do all this shit. There's a way around it. Like there's an easy way. Yeah, I like that you've yeah. already got the shortcut method. <laughs> So you so you drink beers with these pilots, and then you happen to walk on board, and your buddy's in the cockpit. Of course, he's going to come let you charge your phone in there. You're sweet, yeah, man. But get some mates first, create yeah, a exactly. community. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we went wrong. Trady gets fined five hundred dollars by police for having chippy packets in his van. <laughs> Mr. Gosling was visiting friends in Chingford when he was pulled over by police officers and members of the local council. He was asked if he had a waste licence for the area, and when he said he didn't, he was issued with a £300 fine, which I translated into Australian 500 bucks in the headline. An aggravated Mr. Gosling said, It should be common sense. I had no idea you needed a waste licence. You have to be polite to these people, but it annoyed me. I've done this job for over 20 years and I've never had to carry this much weight. Oh, sorry, screwed that up. Uh, For over 20 odd years and I never carry waste on my jobs. I use skips and licensed waste areas. It seems a bit steep, to be honest. A warning would have been more understandable. So the poor guy has just eaten a couple of snacks, got pulled over for no reason, and then the cops have looked in the back of his van and said, oh, chippy packets, eh? So, but weren't they in his van, though? Yeah, in his van, but he has, like, you know how we've got um, council 
rubbish bins. Mm. He has like a he had a council rubbish bag that he was using for his own rubbish, and he was putting oh. his rubbish in there. And right. he, to have one of those rubbish bags, you have to have a special license. Right. Those dudes are serious about their rubbish. Eh? Yeah. Real serious about it. I reckon he must have gotten snarky with the cop for the cop to look. to. That just sounds like them nitpicking, you know? I reckon, this is what I reckon. Mm. I reckon that the cops do it and that they know that they need to stop other. Like, can't have everybody doing it. Can't have everyone cheating the system. So if you and your cop mates are cheating the system that way, you need to make sure that it doesn't catch on and everyone starts doing it. Then it becomes a problem. I see. So they go, oh, we can't let just the average person know about this. No, We've got to find people if they... Okay, yeah. That's definitely how you keep a good thing going. Mm. You can't let everyone catch on and start doing it. And then people start taking notice and still people start making a fuss. Yeah. So the cops want that little trick for themselves. <laughs> If not, they're real jerks. Like, I don't think you're a jerk for trying to keep something good for you and your buddies, mm. but you're definitely a jerk if it's just because you think that it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. You're as fucking nah. Do you reckon um, if anyone if anyone gets uh, gets arrested or taken away by the police and you're in the back of a paddy wagon, have a little have a little peek around, see if there's there's an official looking waste management bin that the cops are putting their chippy packets in, and let us know. Yeah, dude. Could be the next the next poo jogger. Oh, you reckon? You reckon <laughs> it's a cultural phenomenon? <laughs> how, I wonder how the poo jogging world is going at the moment. Yeah, it might be out there. I feel like we need to check in. We do. There'd be people out there. It could be even a, a, a person right now about to do a poo jog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cool. If we're in somebody's ears when they're on their way to do a poo jog, good on you. Yeah, I say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this next one. Here's a story that I found, but also that my um, my brother, Stallion Ben, sent in. Nice. Um, but I can use it. We're family. We shared the same womb. Not at the same time. At different times. We Top shared terms. the same womb. Well, he went in first, stretched it out for me, made it real comfy with time. I came was it in, nice in there? Yeah, it is. Doing Mickey flips, hanging out. Like I had a pack of cars. I was playing solitaire, a little bit of Uno. Did he leave any stuff in there from when he just, was in there? Just like some graffiti on the walls. No posters. <laughs> Just some notes. <laughs> <laughs> How is he at Graf? Oh, pretty good, man. Early age, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the headline is, doctors find turtle inside woman's vagina after having pain. A British woman was found to have a dead turtle inside her vagina. Um, it is unclear how the turtle ended up inside the woman, and she told doctors she had no recollection of it being put up there. She said she began experiencing pain two days after going out partying with British friends. Police were called to the hospital by a doctor who was concerned the woman may have been a victim or something, but she, um, I didn't read that part, I went dark, but um, uh, the incident uh, uh, did happen and the report's true. Uh, the woman does not know how the reptile ended up there Uh where it did, and we don't know either. So, so she's come out and said, "No, that that bad stuff didn't didn't happen to me." Yeah, but I don't know how the turtle got up there. Well, based on your previous theory, I would say the turtle's older brother was probably in there first. <laughs> <laughs> Left some little notes, a bit of graffiti, and then the little baby brother turtle just said, "Hey, it's my turn now. Let me in." <laughs> I think there's no reason that that theory doesn't stand for both. But but saying that it saying that it wasn't that, or it wasn't something bad happening to her. Mm. What do you reckon happened? Um, 
Well, I think that she's just upping the ante when it comes to self-pleasure. Yeah, man. Pretty crazy. It looks pretty big. Like, that's the x-ray of the turtle. Um, They could have just enlarged it. But it looks like it's pretty bloody big. I can't understand where her body is in that x-ray. I'm just... I see that as like a inverted image of a turtle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But um, pretty crazy. Mm. Pretty crazy thing yes. to, to, to be a doctor. And someone comes in and they've got an animal in them. Mm. Wild. <laughs> and you might not know this, but do you know if the turtle lived through the experience? I, I don't think so, bro. Um, it says... Um, yeah, it says the the woman suffered a serious infection from the dead animal, uh, uh, believed to be a freshwater turtle. And um, just uh, throw that <laughs> info at us. <laughs> Thanks, article writer. <laughs> oh, that'll be the reason it doesn't survive on worm juice. Um, but yeah, man. So uh, they they she seems to be fine. I hope that everything's all good. But, yeah, a turtle inside a person's private parts is not something that you find every single day. Definitely not. Thank God. (laughs) William Shatner is releasing a Christmas album this year and he's going to be joined by some very special guests. The album is going to be titled Shatner Claws, the Christmas album. The new album will feature 13 unique takes on Christmas classics from Jingle Bells to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And he's got a lot of special guests joining him on different tracks. So Henry Rollins is going to feature on two versions of Jingle Bells. The first is a traditional version. Yeah. And the second is a punk rock version. Awesome. I'm just going to give you a couple of the other special guests that he's got on the album. So the first track is uh, Jingle Bells with Henry Rollins. Uh, And then he's also got... For Silver Bells, I haven't heard that Christmas song, but he's got a dude out of Jethro Tull, which is a band that my very rock and roll friends know about, but I used to just think it was a solo guy. Um, For Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, he's got a man called Billy from ZZ Top. And for Silent Night, he's got Iggy Pop. Now, I'm going to play you one of these William Shatner songs. So (laughs) you know who I'm talking about, right? Like the guy from Star Trek. From 30 Rock. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just have a listen to this. This is the traditional version of Jingle Bells featuring Henry Rollins. Dashing through the snow on the one horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to laugh and sing a sleigh song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. I didn't know William Shatner would be so terrible at singing. It's so bad uh, that it sounds like a joke. Like it sounds like a Family Guy parody version of Jingle Bells. Like it sounds like William Shatner didn't even know he was being recorded. It's like he strolled into a lounge and someone said, what's your favourite Christmas song? And he just started talking it. <laughs> Henry Rollins like, just, just doesn't give, like, he just does whatever he wants, eh? Yeah. All right. Does that mean he had the best story this week? I got a, I got a few send-ins, actually. Yeah? 
Well, Kapil, have you got any uh, send-ins or follow-ups this week? Yes, I've got one send-in. All right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go first then. Yeah, bro. Um, don't mess with Nana. This story was sent in by uh, Stallion Sean Kirkwood, a uh, good friend of the show. Um, and the, uh, the story is, after three years of searching camp, mm. Texas mayor and great-grandmother Judy Cochran has shot and killed the alligator she suspects ate her miniature horse. Oh, you should at least know for sure. <laughs> well, I don't know how you can really know for sure. There's a photo of it, bro. It's like, so can you describe that to the to the listener, please? I don't know if the movie Hook is too an outdated reference, but this alligator is giant, giant. like the one off Hook. Absolutely it's huge. crazy. And it makes you respect her instantly. Like she <laughs> would take you down. She looks tough. Bro, I would be stoked for that to be the mayor. Of, of of my town, you know what I mean? Like she's like you can follow somebody that goes that thing ain't my miniature horse. It is twice my size, a fucking dinosaur. I'm going to go into the swamp and fucking kill it because it ate my miniature horse. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah, revenge. Dude. Don't don't fucking don't mess with Nana. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking don't do it. But yeah, fucking I don't know. You know. If you should keep miniature horses around like swaps and shit. Like you're kind of asking for them to get eaten mm. by by massive alligators. But like you know, if you if you're seeking revenge for a, for a mate, I mean, you got your job done. She she sat on it, bro, for three years. Three years. Usually, you would just let things go after a few years. She bro. must have loved that miniature horse bro, with all of her heart. All of her heart, man. Three years. She's hung on to hung on to that and finally avenged her mate. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, the photo that you showed me, she's standing next to the alligator, which is probably three times her height. And she has strung it up. Like she's <laughs> she's got an, an old rope and tied yeah. it around the alligator's neck and hung it from a roof. Yeah, man. Like she's basically got it on display for all of the alligators. That's some mates. old school white person shit right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that is some fucking white people shit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's some redneck shit. She does look like a redneck. Right, of course she's a redneck. She's a grandmother going out shooting alligators and stringing them up by the neck like and roping shit, dude. Like she's redneck as fuck. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers for the story, Sean. That one's a banger. At the Iowa State Fair, you can take home a ribbon for screaming at your husband. (laughs) At this year's husband calling contest, 65-year-old Rose Bogart put her hands around her mouth, creating a makeshift megaphone, and yelled her husband's name, turning it into a very long two syllables, Clifford. Rose said she's been practicing with Clifford and while out with her camping club with whom she can really let loose in the great outdoors and scream her head off. She beat 10 other competitors, some of them veteran shouters. She's been entering the shouting challenge since 2003 and says her work is now done. Now I'm going to show you a couple of other sound bites of the other people that have entered this competition where you stand in front of a crowd at the fair in Iowa 
and you pretend to be yelling at your husband. So this one came to us from Stallion Ryan Laracy. So thank you for this story, Ryan. Yeah, dude, I've actually followed this for a little bit. <laughs> I, know, oh, I, know, I know about this. So, you're a fan of husband. it's hus- great, bro. Yeah. <laughs> We're really finishing off this podcast real redneck, eh? Bob! 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 Hurry up! I don't want to be late. I don't want to be late to the great Iowa State Fair. Bob, hurry, hurry. Bob, Robert, (laughs) Dean. That's it. I'm going by myself. I have been here probably 35 to 40 years at Pioneer Hall. Yeah, I tell you what, you take a bunch of acid and go to one of those shows, you might never come back, bro. It'll change you forever. <laughs> I reckon some of those entrants, that's how they started. 40 years ago, they turned up, oh, this will be a laugh to watch. And then 10 years later, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> Right. They got sucked in. If I ever go to one of those, just tell me to stay away. Hey, that could be my that could be my life demise. Yeah, yeah. You'd just be stuck there forever. Like the rest of my life, man. Cheers <laughs> <laughs> um, that one, Ryan. That's a good. That, that's a good story. All right, Cam. So, um, a little while ago, we got a, a letter from uh, Stallion Half Price Hancock. Yes. Um, we got a message, but it was in sort of letter form. No, I prefer <laughs> thinking of it as a stained old letter written in charcoal. Um, and we've uh, put this story online recently in the last in the last week, and the Stallion listeners, the Stallion family has has uh, come together and actually helped us uh, find the answer to to Half Price Hancock's question. Uh, when at first we were a little bit stuck on, uh, well, I was a little bit stuck when I was looking up. Uh, the to try and find his answer and it was it was quite difficult. So the question the letter read, mm. Dear Stallions, in about nineteen ninety seven a massive cheese showed up on the beach at Island Bay, New Zealand. It was about the size of a couch and all the local dogs were fucking loving it, bolting down quick smart to get a good chew on it, to the point where they reckon it was quite a bit bigger before the post managed to get a picture of it. It was a real head scratcher, particularly because everyone was saying that you can't just make cheese that big. And there was a lot of stone dudes pointing towards the skies. I don't remember if anyone said what it tasted like, but I feel like the word feta came up. I have no sources or references for this information as it's all from my memory and I've been called a dickhead at loaves of parties for even mentioning this story because no one believes me. Please validate my claims, Charging Stallions. Regards, Half Price Hancock. (laughs) Now, the Stallion listeners got together and uh, were able to actually find the answer after a few people uh, chucked some information together and uh, what it was. uh, This is our reply to Half Price. Uh, It is looking like it was most likely ambergris, which is whale spew. Mm. uh, and what it what it is is um, ambergris is uh, what they use to put in um, perfume and yeah. a bunch of <laughs> a, a bunch of a bunch of those things. So it's from uh, uh, sperm whale's intestines, 
and all these things were rocking up on the beach and why people were so interested in it Mm. is that it's worth a lot of money. Like pearls. Yeah. Like it's a body fluid. Yeah. And so people were going down to the beach and uh, and, and trying to get their little hunk of gold. And someone must have had a little munch for them to know that it tastes like feta. (laughs) Someone must have. I believe that part. I reckon whale spew probably would taste like feta. Um. Yeah, man. So I also said that uh, that um, the team here at Charging Stallion does like to believe, though, that it is still possible to find huge pieces of feta cheese that have fallen from the sky. We believe. Yeah. Is that bit that you said just then? Is that have you published that somewhere? Yes. This is on our uh, this is on our Facebook page. Ah, yes. Yeah. Nice. So if you do want to follow the story and see how uh, see how this this came about, you can uh, jump onto our Facebook page and uh, see what the see what the listeners came in and said about that question. So thanks for the people that helped us uh, get an answer to half price, and uh, thanks for your question, half price Hancock. Yeah, man. To be honest, when you first pitched that at me about us getting people to help us figure out if there was ever a pot, a big ball of cheese the size of a couch on the beach. I was like, um, I think half price Hancock is pulling our legs. And I just thought that it would be thinking about this cheese for no reason and I'm blown away that people had answers and that a whale spewed up and that that's the answer. <laughs> like that, that is crazy. Yeah, man. But good on you for, for being a detective, Timmy. And then uh, one of... Uh Half Price Hancock's friends actually got on the on, on into the conversation saying, "Sorry for attacking your character all these years." <laughs> but I guess that he was one of the people that called him. He was uh, a doubter like uh, me. One of the doubters. Um, Gino, yeah, I saw Gino's comment. Um, and then it was, "Looks like this is another story that you didn't make up, Hancock." I think it's time I start believing you. <laughs> so we mended a friendship in the yeah, process. Dude. Yeah, man. Good journalism, Timmy. Yeah, thanks, bro. I was real proud of that one. Yeah. Good thanks. Good stuff. All right. Does that take us to the good news story of the week? Yeah, it does. Have we got time? Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, This is what happens to a shy octopus on ecstasy. This was sent in, uh, a good news story sent in by Caroline Potter. So if you've got good news stories as well, please send them in as well Mm. as just any stories. We do love the good news stories of the week. Um, If you give an octopus MDMA, it will get touchy and want to mingle. What sounds like the premise of a children's book set at Burning Man is in fact the conclusion (laughs) of a study published on Thursday uh, in the Journal of Current Biology. And um, uh, octopuses actually uh, react to um, MDMA a whole lot like humans do. And um, they just turn super lovey with each other, man. And and I think it's cool uh, as a, like, finding the good news part in this and not just being a fun story about animals taking drugs <laughs> is that, um, you know, there's so many animals that have a caring soft side just like humans do, you know, mm. and uh, it's, it's, they're, they're just, it's just a cool, cool thing to, to, uh, to respect a, a, a lover and not a, 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 a different species that, that loves to love, you know? <laughs> I love it. I, I never imagined anyone describing an octopus as a lover but I'm all about it, yeah. man. I think octopuses, they kind of get the short end of the stick because we don't think of them as cute or lovable. Yeah. But hearing that, like hearing that They're they They're super get, smart, dude. They They're get cuddly yeah. and they, they want they want to hug and they want to hang out when they've had a bit of MDMA. Yeah. Like, good on you. Yeah. Don't be shy. They want to be around each other and they want to... They want to connect. They, yeah, man. 
Yeah, cool. Fuck yeah, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck yeah, octopus. And fuck yeah to all the listeners that stayed to the end of that podcast with us. <laughs> Brilliant. I went and hung out with the Gerties and I got them to tell me what their fondest footy memories were. Well, I wasn't actually alive for it, but I love watching footage of Lee Matthews flattening the post. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that feels like a memory. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it makes me all warm and fuzzy. Yeah, nice. And how about yourself? Probably my first ever uh, Specky and Ozkick when I was five. Either that or reading the Specky McGee books. <laughs> Who's Specky? Oh, Specky, yeah. It's a brilliant series. Yeah, um, written by Gary Lyon and someone else. I can't remember who else wrote it. Felix Hansen. Is he like a superhero within That's the AFL? Like a normal, normal Aussie kid playing Aussie rules and the challenges that come with that. Okay, cool. I bet there would be. Is he playing against adults? So, so this kid, this is a story of a kid playing in the AFL. Uh, not in the AFL, but just sort of like. Just like growing up at school and like, like, like but playing well, he's really local good. Local country. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, what's the footy memory closest to your heart? Uh, I remember someone tackled me and they pulled my jumper over my head. I couldn't see anything. I had no idea where the ball was. So I just like wound up and slapped them on the legs and everyone was just like, whoa. You have been listening to Charging Stallion Presents. News we like. My name's Cam. My name's Tim, and thank you very much for, for listening to another another episode with us. And please do send in any stories, any good news stories, anything you got, please send them into Facebook if you want them to come to me or Instagram if you want them to come to Cam. Thanks a lot. Yeah.